was a place I'd give the world to see Where the music softly playing And the rhythms gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico Ah, yes. Um, Benny Renlock says the most eagerly anticipated minutes of the week are the end of the 2 a.m. news leading up to Long John Baldry. Uh, but I'm sure you enjoy uh, John Bonfilio's uh, contribution uh, as well. And uh, John joins us now. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Good evening, Martin. I very much enjoyed your 13-minute expose of eggs in Whitby just now. <laughs> well, it, it, interestingly, a lot of response to that. Um, somebody has said, uh, Bob Gilbert says, dry toast and ketchup won't make eggs taste better. Lesson to be learned. My best was in Singapore. How, how can that happen? Well, I'm not going to Singapore for some decent eggs. <laughs> and um, Kiwi Junior says, that hotel in Whitby sounds like it was run by a manager who might have mentioned the war. Uh, well, no, no problem at all with the uh, with the staff there they were all uh, excellent did what they could but they were dealing with all sorts of complaints from people uh, all the time but the uh, they were almost exclusively um, people from the EU the actual staff you know they were Germans and Spaniards etc etc mm. who seem to have much more idea about hospitality than uh, than we do here and uh, sadly because of uh, Brexit I suppose there will be, be fewer of them to run our hotels but that's a different issue uh, let's catch up with the issues from Latin America <laughs> and uh, Peru of course is now the um, as now the highest uh, death toll from Covid in the uh, in the region has it not John? Yep, and actually the worst per capita death rate now in the world because they've had to reconfigure their figures from 70,000 uh, confirmed deaths to 180,000 earlier on this week on Monday. It's the standard debate between, you know, diagnosed COVID deaths versus excess deaths, which is a much more accurate measure of these things. And so the counting that Peru was, was doing was, was massively flawed. And finally, the government came up. And on Monday and said that they, they were admitting that it was it was massively flawed. So the previous situation is, you know, absolutely terrible. I mean, on your show just a few weeks ago, we also spoke about Congress investigating bleach officially as a covid cure. And they've mm. got uh, presidential elections coming up on Sunday and the two candidates, one has no covid advisor and the other's covid advisor. Um, actually has spoken about vaccines as being as containing only distilled water. So it doesn't seem as though they're actually going to, uh, you know, move forward positively in any in any way anytime soon. Wow. Um, I mean, the region as a whole has been quite badly hit. Um, but uh, the story from Peru is just uh, horrendous at the moment. I mean, it's difficult to see uh, a solution to it because, not, you know, as you say, neither candidate is um, looks ready to. Uh, to take any action, any positive action. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the vaccine rollout has been, you know, continues to be very slow there for sure. Peru has, has suffered really something of a, you know, perfect storm of, of problems vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, COVID. I mean, a lot of the region has suffered from, you know, economic hardship and uh, the informal sector, which meant people kept having to go out to work and so on. But in particular in Peru, 
uh, for example, the, the handouts that were issued had to be go and be cashed at banks. So it meant that people couldn't just, you know, a lot of people don't have bank accounts, so they actually have to go out and then cross infect. And also just really strange things like, um, you know, really limited numbers of fridges in households in Peru, which also means that people can't store food. So essentially they were having to go out on a you know, not daily basis and every couple of days to, to buy food. Um, uh, for their home. So that, you know, obviously meant that any kind of lockdown that was imposed really wasn't worth uh, uh, its weight in gold at all. Yeah. And uh, but because of COVID, the uh, Copa America is now moving, isn't it, from uh, at a very short notice, isn't it, just a couple of weeks, uh, and it's moving from Argentina to Brazil. Yeah. When we spoke about this for the first time three weeks ago, it was very short notice when Colombia was cancelled because of the the ongoing national uh, strikes and protests taking place uh, across the country. And then just earlier on this week, Argentina co-host, because it was going to be Colombia and Argentina, and this was this starts on the 13th of June, so only a week away, um, withdrew, it turns out now, because they've got a COVID spike as well. So it was left hostless. Uh, and then Brazil, through our favorite Jair Bolsonaro, the president there, said, come and, come and uh, we'll host the tournament there, despite Brazil having, you know, until... Peru, the second highest COVID death rate in the world, reaching 500,000 dead there. And the fact that this week, as they accepted uh, the hosting of the tournament, there's been also nationwide protests at the handling of the the pandemic across the country, which they hold the the president um, responsible for. Yeah, so Brazil, across four stadia, will now host uh, Copa America for the second consecutive time uh, in a row. Um, now, something we've talked about before is uh, Havana syndrome. Um, so you have to talk me through it again because uh, there's an, another story uh, regarding uh, Havana syndrome. Um, these, uh, I mean, this is uh, well, I suppose it's sort of CIA spy type. Tell, tell me all about it. Yeah, I think we, we should aspire to making your show, Martin, that a one-stop shop for anybody interested in death rays and microwave weapons mm. yeah, uh, from, from here on in. And the, yeah, this is Havana syndrome, which emerged in, in 2016 and essentially refers to medical symptoms affecting uh, at the time about 130 plus US and some Canadian diplomats, largely in Havana at the time, Havana, Cuba, but then elsewhere, in particular in China in, in 2018, and cause a number of symptoms, including vomiting, nausea, hearing noises, um, and largely was diagnosed as kind of unspecified brain injury, which many people thought was some kind of microwave weapon. Cuba was accused at the time, flatly uh, denied it, uh, but then a lot of experts at the time said it was more something more akin to what Russia would do in terms of you know, historic, um, historic weaponizing uh, and historic behavior. Uh, and now, uh, just this week, experts have, have, uh, have said that, yeah, that actually historically, Russia and proxies have developed weapons such as this, and China in the recent past has too. And surprise, surprise, so has the USA since uh, since the 1970s in particular with a weapon called the Medusa, which stands for Mob Excess Deterrent Using Silent Audio. Wow. So it looks as though, yeah, it looks as though sonic weapons are now, you know, the new Vogue weapon for kind of crowd control and just targeting people you don't you don't particularly like without anybody without anybody knowing about it. And, yeah, it seems that it wasn't mass delusion, as some people said, and it wasn't the Jamaican cricket, as other people said. It was, in fact, uh, weapons being developed by a number of military powers uh, internationally. Well, something else to be frightened about. Um, 
As always, John, thanks uh, ever so much for bringing us up to date with what's uh, happening in uh, Latin America. And uh, if you're around next week, we'll talk again, if that's okay. Absolutely. Take good, care. Good man. Thanks very much. Uh, John Bonfilia there joining us from uh, from Mexico. Uh,